0: Hi, and welcome to The Amber Show. I'm Amber Urquhart of the Willow community, and every two weeks we talk about the latest in tech and crypto. Live from Taipei, we sit down with serious hitters in the startup community. Let's go. Hi everyone and welcome to The Amber Show. And today we have a very special guest, People Pleaser, and she's brought along her good friend Eva. So let's start with an intro from you, please, People Pleaser.
1: Hi everyone, I'm People Pleaser and I'm a digital artist and recently have been doing a lot of collaborations on animations with DeFi protocols.
2: Um, Hi everyone, Uh, my name is Eva and I'm relatively new to the DeFi space, but I currently help out with VC and hedge fund
0: stuff at Mechanism Capital. Awesome. And I really want to get to it because I love the name People Pleaser. I think there's so much ring to it. And I do feel that I can like resonate with it because I'm so like not a confrontational person. And I'm wondering like where it came from, where you got
1: the idea. Yeah. So the name actually came from back when I created my Instagram, my art Instagram profile. I I thought I needed a, a more unique artist name because a lot of people have those. And It's sort of like an identity protection thing as well. Um, And then i it was just kind of like a spur-in-the-moment thing where uh, it was at a point in my life where I really felt um, my people-pleasing tendencies or just having a hard time saying no to people in general. It's still one of the most difficult lessons that I'm having to learn in life. And yeah, I really needed a name at the time, and that was kind of the first thing that came to mind. And then it also doubles as a function to hopefully please people with my art. So yeah, that's pretty much how I came up with it.
0: I kind of think that you don't really want to please people with your art. You're just kind of like, like it or not. Or that would be my, I just see the irony in it. And that's what I think makes it really
1: special. <laughs> I mean, I, I think I do want to please people <laughs> with my heart to some degree. Yeah.
0: Okay. Um, I'm wondering how, like how it feels to be, you know, like a, a female in this environment, in this space and you're, you know, very kind of early into DeFi. So how, how does that um, current Space, how does it feel for you?
1: I think um, I'm not new to being a female in a male-dominated industry. It was like that for my previous um, career before crypto as well, where I was working um, as a technical director in a lot of studios and and 3D animation and stuff. And um, so I'm, I'm kind of used to that kind of um, work dynamic. There's good and bad to it. Um, and then in terms of DeFi, and I think it just, yeah, I just happened to be have been drawn to um, DeFi from DeFi Summer last year. A friend told me about it. And um, I think just making these animations in general was a good way for me to simultaneously learn more about the space and also be able to contribute my skill sets to the space, which I felt um, the also that just the community in general, like the sense of humor is something that I really resonate with. So, and I think that's why people like my videos as well is because like we all kind of understand each other and there's this whole sort of meme language and culture going on, which we're all really fond of. And so, yeah.
0: Yeah, I saw your... Um X times Y equals K video even before I knew it was done by you and I was like I love it, it's just everything I love like the the pink, the unicorn, just everything together I was like oh my gosh this is like my whole identity right here <laughs> Oh thank you What about you Eva and how does it feel like to be, to be in the space?
2: I guess I echo that I've also had a lot of experience working um, in many male dominated industries like especially in tech in San Francisco um, but otherwise I've had a really good experience like in general, like I think everyone's super helpful and really open
0: to answering your questions and guiding you through anything. Cool, cool. Um, People pleaser. I'm wondering, how did you initially get into DeFi, and what's been your favorite part or project that you've been involved with so far?
1: Um, yeah. So uh, last summer, I well, I had been holding sort of like 2017 ICO shitcoins. Um, so that's when I really first started uh, being in crypto, as in like holding cryptocurrency. I had learned about Bitcoin when I was in college, I think. Um, and then, but last summer when DeFi summer happened, I mean, I, I had I have a really good friend who's um, pretty deep into crypto, has been in the space since like 2012. And I had expressed to him at some point that I'd love to be able to contribute to the space as a whole in any way that I could. I didn't really see any connection between what I was doing and crypto. And then, yeah, so then last summer... Um, uh, my friend saw a, a tweet from Blue Kirby, who was doing marketing for Yearn Finance at the time, that they were looking for somebody with video skills um, that they could collaborate with. And then so my friend sent him my Instagram profile and then they reached out to me and then we made a video together. And that was pretty much how I got started in DeFi.
2: How, oh, how does the way you source um, videos and con- contracts now differ from that
1: time? Well, at the time, I didn't think that it was going to be a career. It was just something that I thought was interesting to explore. And I mean, now I think it's gone in a little bit more serious direction. Um, and it's basically my job now.
0: Awesome. But how do how's the best way for people to uh, approach you? Are you kind of booked up for the next
1: 10 years? Or <laughs> So unfortunately, uh, my inbox is always flooded with requests. And I mean, there's a <laughs> mixture of either like simp messages in there or people asking me for money or people asking for foundation invites amongst people requesting videos. And so it could be really hard to filter through and very overwhelming at times. And, um, so usually, you know, obviously if you know somebody who knows me, that's probably the best way to get in contact and, um, Yeah, otherwise... um, Don't message me directly, message Eva. Oh, please don't message me, Eva. But otherwise, you know, I think I will pay attention, because obviously I'm aware about the space, so I'll pay attention to projects that I uh, find interesting as well. Um, Yeah, so now it's a little bit more of like a selective process, but obviously I wish I had enough time to make video for everybody
0: I think it's really interesting you're really involved in each project because you know you know the space you're invested in it. I'm wondering with the Uniswap 3 video, how much of it is you and how much of it is like the branding for the project and what's going to be your position with with the launch and with it going further. Is it are you like done or is there going to be more videos? Is there going to be more like how is it, how's your relationship working for it?
1: Um I mean, I had a really good time working with them. I, I currently there's not any more Uh, plans for, you know, there's always, I always leave it open-ended, you know, I'm always open to collaborating with people that I have worked with in the past. Um, And so, yeah, if that opportunity comes up, then I'd be happy to explore it. But right now, you know, we don't have any sort of plans after the V3 launch video to do any other videos. And um, that specific video, um, I was really lucky that yeah, they, they were basically giving me complete creative freedom. Um, and mo- most projects I work with do, actually, and that's why I love working in this space as well because they're so trusting of my vision and my weird ideas. <laughs> and uh, Uniswap were very, yeah, I mean, they they allowed me... So the, the video is sort of done in this, like, toon shading style, which is a method of rendering 3D that makes it look almost illustrated, almost 2D and... Um, so that that was sort of a consist sometimes a consistent theme on my art Instagram page as well. And I, uh, other than the sort of anime-y stuff that I did for DeFi, I hadn't really tried um, that kind of style for any videos yet. So I thought the when I was initially um, in contact with Uniswap, uh, the designer Khalil had mentioned that he's a big fan of uh, this artist named Mobius' work and. I'm also a huge fan of Mobius' work. I mean, he's super famous, so lots of people are. And so I think that I thought it fit perfectly because a lot of my pieces on my art Instagram were actually inspired by Mobius anyways. So then it just kind of was a perfect fit that way. Um, he was like, great. And then so we decided to do it in that style. And yeah, I mean, there was a definitely a back and forth process of bouncing ideas off of each other. But yeah, pretty much they, they were giving me um, creative freedom completely.
0: Yeah, because I do think that there's a lot of like consistency, and I do love like the clouds. I love the feminine shape. It's just so like so cute, but like not you know cute. It just has a very distinct style. So maybe you can share a bit more on like on that story and that like artist
1: artist vision. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's funny. I was talking with um, this VC future fund last time, and then he was also saying that he noticed that there was this a degree of femininity in my work, um, which I actually never thought about before. Or I mean, I I just kind of do what makes sense to me color palette wise or, you know, how I like expressing myself or how I'm feeling. And so it's not intentional, but I guess because it is self-expressive. So yeah, that's probably where the feminine part comes out.
2: (laughs) Yeah. So for for those who don't know, you also minted this um, video as an NFT. Um, do you want to talk more about that story and what's what's the latest update on everything?
1: Yeah, so I, um, I that was the first sort of NFT auction that I had ever done um, because I, I've been so, obviously with uh, the whole NFT space blowing up, um, I had been see, trying to see if there was a way that I could meaningfully contribute to the space. And uh, last year I had minted a few NFTs here and there, but um, they were never auctions. It was just I would list them at a price. And then, yeah, so it, it was kind of like really different. Um, and then, so this time I had just brought it up to Uniswap as an idea halfway through production, like, hey, why don't we also mint this as an NFT? And don't, and then I can donate all the proceeds to a charitable cause that I care about, which I think. Yeah, would 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 just be a cool cool thing for everybody involved, and so they were nice enough to agree. Um, And yeah, so then it ended up I ended up listing it on Foundation, and then it sold for 310 Ethereum. Um, And what's special about this sale, other than the price, which I feel like is a huge focus for a lot of people covering anything NFT related, but. In my opinion, what was most special about this sale is that the fact that um, it was bought by a DAO that was specifically formed for the sole purpose of buying this NFT, which is something that had never happened before. And um, this DAO, now called Pleaser DAO, um, is also very special because it's comprised of a lot of very prominent individuals in, within the crypto and DeFi space. And so, um, it really sort of demonstrated the power of bringing together these um like-minded but talented individuals and um a collective of patrons who have share a similar goal yeah
2: so I know PleaserDAO is actually quite a selective group to be part of can you talk more about that and what they're doing now
1: yeah, so I think their vision is to um, have sort of three parts to please your Um There's investment, incubation, and also collecting. And so I think the idea is that, um, like contrary to a lot of the NFT projects that are going on right now, which seem to just be sort of a huge or just a quick cash grab you know like there's so many people who are just trying to inject the concept of nft into anything that they do you know they're not even like crypto native and then they just want to be a part of it and that's really not my, what aligns with my personal values nor is Pleaser values and we specifically look for ways to... I'm also, like, after the sale, uh, they added me in as a, an honorary member. <laughs> um.
0: So how, how active are you with their direction?
1: I participated sometimes, or for example, for the, um, when they were purchasing the Snowden NFT, um, I had participated in that because that also stands for something that I care about and that we all care about. Um, So yeah, I think that the the direction of the DAO is um, generally to do good and uh, sort of, yeah, contribute meaningfully to the NFT space and also um, possibly launch artists in the future, um, and only sort of like, yeah, collect pieces that have um, value either in a historic sense or just standing for something that we all care about or aligns with our values.
0: That's amazing. Um, can you, is is it a group collective that's coming up with this vision and can you tell us more about the Snowden drop?
1: Um, yeah, I think that... The, all of the visions that they're coming up with they're coming up with as a collective, but what's really amazing is just to see how all of these people are so in sync so it's not like you know there's all these opposing or um different ideas. I think they were pretty much very much aligned from the beginning and the specifically for the Snowden sale, I think somebody had just found it um, and then shared it in the or Dow telegram and say said hey let's like check out this piece by Snowden and then um, the moment I think everybody laid eyes on it we all knew that it was going to be a special one and then so it was pretty much a unanimous decision that everybody was like we need to get this piece and it's it's honestly really impressive to watch them because um, you know this is my first time seeing this kind of action from behind the scenes and to watch them coordinate under such time pressure and Uh, but do it so well and efficiently um, you know so that like within I think yeah, within 13 hours of the sale they had um, started like raising capital, um, getting together multi-sigs and uh, yeah just like it was was just very impressive to watch Um, and then I also helped a little bit with the process of reaching out to, to people to source capital because they are you know a little bit selective about uh, who can become a member, or at least right now, yeah. Extending invites to members um, is a, quite a selective process, and then, so it was really interesting to see that all happen, and super impressive that they managed to source uh, the the amount of capital that they felt that they needed to basically win the bid. I mean, it was a very very crazy auction. If anybody hasn't seen it, you should you you can see it on Foundation right now. Um, yeah, so.
2: Yeah, it's it's really interesting that the people within PleaserDAO are quite DeFi native people. Um, what do you think are some of the main differences between more of the traditional art people and collectors entering into the NFT space versus like the DeFi native people entering the space?
1: I think that the the DeFi native people are all very very innovative thinkers um, because DeFi in itself is a sort of end head monster that's um, continuously evolving and growing, and there's so many ideas. And projects that are coming out so quick and innovative all the time. And so I think the collective minds within PleaserDAO are all people who are very creative um, in the way that they think and uh, understand tokenomics very well and understand crypto. So I think that's sort of what um, sets them apart or uh, gives them that advantage within NFTs, which is sort of a, a, an industry that is built on cryptocurrencies, right, or the blockchain. And so for people to understand that and leverage th- uh, that kind of knowledge, um, you know, to coordinate things like using multisigs, um, which I think really put them at an advantage. And um, yeah, is probably not something that you see as much in the traditional art Um, NFT world where a lot of people are just coming in from the outside and maybe not necessarily be that informed about cryptocurrency or blockchains yet. Um, So I think a lot of them are thinking more linearly in terms of just oh, minting artwork, selling it and that's it.
0: I'm wondering, you're, you're kind of like the, the top of like the DeFi artist in the space. And now there's all these artists that are coming, that are from an art background that are coming into the NFT space. Maybe you can explain if there's like a difference there or what are your thoughts on it? I think um,
1: just me personally, my values are all just, um, I think maybe something that I don't entirely agree with within the NFT space is that the narrative is very much focused on um, like you know like whenever an artist makes a a lo- a, a big sale and then you know all, all of the narratives are always focused on specifically money and you know putting the spotlight on one person and i feel like that's sort of like not necessarily what PleaserDAO is about because it's um, more of like a collective and, um, you know, operating as a group instead of like a one whale collector who, you know, is just collecting for themselves. And, you know, not, not that there's anything wrong with that. It's just uh, different from our values, I think.
0: But do you, do you think that, you know, you brought this up a few times that like less um, emphasis should be put on how much things are sold and more emphasis on how it's growing?
1: Or what are your thoughts there? Yeah, I mean, I think there's just so much potential in this like industry in general that um, it sh- I think the emphasis should be put on, um, it, for example, interesting drop mechanics that could be developed with blockchain technology, as opposed to just how much did this sell for. Because there's just so many more interesting things that are um, like happening and that are possible with this technology that if you were going to focus on you know just sales, you you could. Just go back to the traditional art world, you know. So
0: yeah, that's definitely not what's going to keep the industry alive and and relevant. But what kind of tips would you get give to um, all these artists that are try, that are interested in getting into NFTs? Like, what are what what are the first things they should be cautious or aware of?
1: Uh, I think they should be cautious that there is very much a, a driven narrative within the space that oh, you know, if you start selling NFTs, you'll immediately make so much money, which is definitely not true. Um, And I've seen a lot of artists who, let's say have made it, uh, are very protective of their sort of like their status within the space. So they don't really share any um, useful tips about how to make it as an NFT artist. And I think one of the biggest and obvious ones is self-promotion and engaging with, not necessarily the community, but yeah, just finding. I think maybe the easiest way would be to find your niche. So, um, Chris Dixon from A16Z wrote this article called "NFT and a Thousand true, NFTs and a Thousand True Fans," which, in which he was talking about how you don't need to have like a hundred thousand followers um, to do well in the space. You just need a, a hand, or not a handful, but you know, a smaller group but uh, of people who are loyal to your work. And that's, I think, maybe what you can see with my, my work as well is that I have a very loyal, um, tight uh, DeFi slash crypto um, community or fan base. And so, yeah, that's kind of really what's more important is capturing the value there as opposed to...
0: But are you saying that the, the niche is on the people that, you are that are your fans or the niche is on your story and building up your, your personal
1: story? It could be either way. I think it's just about finding the right crowd that works for you and that you resonate with. And, you know, like I see a lot of uh, traditional artists or people coming into the NFT space and just slapping a Bitcoin or Ethereum model into their work and trying to be like, oh, you know, I'm so crypto now. And I think that's, yeah, that's probably not the way to do it.
0: Do you feel like there's a medium that makes it work better? What about like these mashups that I've kind of been seeing lately? Uh, what kind of mashups? Like you know, like DJ with artist, or like that those sort of like mixing.
1: Um, I mean, obviously, any sort of collab, creative collaborations are always cool, and um, but I, I I do think that it is important for those collaborations. A lot of times, um, are focused very much on. It. Let's say, if if it's a DJ then they make it very much about themselves and often uh, sometimes don't even, yeah, like tr- properly credit the visual collaborator or something. And um, yeah, so I think those that kind of behavior is kind of damaging to the space or at least, you know, to visual artists in general or just NFTs. And so, yeah, in my opinion, um, if it's a, a visual, an audio-visual collaboration, it, it should always be equal, right? Like,
0: For sure, for sure. But do you feel like there's a medium that you feel just makes it a lot easier, like if it's with animation or or drawing or sculpture? There's so many ways of expression, right? Yeah,
1: I mean, I don't think there's any... Easier. It's just whatever. It works for you, you know.
0: I, I really do feel that I'm I'm sitting down with you guys, and I do feel that this is such a pivotal moment in your career. I feel like in six months, who, who's Amber? Who's Eva? You're just gonna be skyrocketed rocketed to like the top of the, you know, DeFi. What's happening in DeFi? So, how does that feel for you with these like sales and and this um, attention? I feel like you're such a down to earth person. How does it feel to have all this? all these people like really into your art and really supportive and in such a really amazing, organic way?
1: I mean, obviously I'm super grateful and I always have to sort of like stop and remember to take a look around and see what's happening. And just, yeah, and just, I'm just full of appreciation for the people who support my work, honestly. And it makes me happy that they enjoy watching my videos. Uh, I was talking with Eva last time about the sort of the the conflict of being a people pleaser which maybe you you can talk about it a little bit
2: yeah I mean you like to please people and that's where your name originally came from but the more people you please you have more people to please and you can't please everyone so it's kind of a struggle
1: there.
0: I'll I'll be the one that's just like no she's done she's capped she doesn't (laughs) care about you
1: (laughs) yeah and I think also within the um, sort of like just when I do work um, I always try to maintain a certain level of objectivity and I think that is sort of part of what makes my work likable or enjoyable for people is because I'm always trying to view it through the lens of somebody else and thinking are they going to like this and, it, and it's this constant like feedback loop or recalibration of uh, values right and I think it's important to not get lost in subjectivity where you know, th- with the kind of mindset of like, oh, well, if I think it's good, then it's good.
0: I kind of feel like from day one, you've sort of really done your work and your whole identity as for others, which is, you know, what you're saying is the, um, is the common trend. But um, so what about like with the Pleaser DAO and with your foundation? You've done a lot with your foundation, I feel like you're being quiet with. So maybe you can explain on your hopes and goals for that.
1: Um, my foundation?
0: I think she
2: means um, the charity money. Charity money, yeah.
0: Oh, um, I, I assume you're going to turn it into like a foundation or organization of some form.
1: Uh, well, actually we're working with um, Endowment, uh, which is they, they were um, basically helping to off-ramp the crypto and distribute it to, to charities. And then, uh, oh yeah, I don't think we mentioned it in this um, episode so far, that um, the, the, the funds raised from the Uniswap sale are going uh, specifically towards charities that help with the, um, it, it's, I'm working with a bunch of volunteers with the Stand With Asians movement. And um, we have been collectively researching and collect, collecting information on charities and nonprofit organizations that help benefit the Asian American and Pacific Islanders um, community within uh, the United States. And so, it, like, it's not necessarily, and I think we're, yeah, so for that part, we just, we're just calling it the Stand with Asians Fund, and it's going to be a fund that is with endowment. Um, and then we actually recently held a round of applications as well, so that if you're a charity or a nonprofit organization, you're interested, you can apply. And then, uh, and then so now we're in the process of um filtering through those applications and um, doing research and selecting them. And then w- once we come um, come down to selection, then we'll roll out grants of $25,000 to each one. And we will also request their, uh, that they show um, like a report three months after to see like what they've done with those funds.
0: That's awesome. What do you think is the best way to have Asians' voices heard more like in, in Asia in the US or Canada? I think
1: it's It's honestly uh, difficult because uh, I, I think just it's so embedded in Asian culture to be humble and not speak up and it, it, it's it's definitely something that I struggle with myself as well, especially. Um, a space that's so competitive and fast moving, like the NFT industry, it really is all about self-promotion, right? Like you really have to put yourself out there and say, buy my stuff, buy my stuff. And that's just inherently just goes against my personal values or the way that I was brought up. And so I've I've, I've found that to be difficult. Um, yeah.
2: Um, speaking of, you know, how you've grown up, what do your parents think about all this NFT stuff?
1: I think they're obviously proud of me Um, but as Asian parents do, they're just also very nonchalant and go about their day as usual.
2: Yeah, I kind of relate to that. Like my parents have no idea what I do at work and they're almost wondering like, is this real money? Like, um, is it all going to go away?
1: I mean, I've I've actually, I've I've converted my dad to, he's a coiner now. And so he holds Bitcoin and Ethereum, which is good.
0: I'm wondering, um, you've, Done a lot of work for DeFi projects in the DeFi space. Um, what's what are you working on now? Is there going to be your own signature collection? Are you going to be doing sort of NFTs
1: for for members of the DAO? Or what's coming up next? Um, so actually, coming up is uh, well. I, recently, I've been spending a lot of time being on like podcasts or interviews, um, but uh, and then I think a lot of panels as well. And um, specifically, I have the. Uh, Andreessen Horowitz uh, NFT summit that's coming up on May 4th.
0: Is that with Ashton Kusher?
1: No. <laughs> um, it's it's The speakers are mainly like partners at A16Z, but there's also um, Kayvon, the founder of Foundation, and also the CEO of OpenSea and the CTO of Dapper Labs are all going to be speaking at this uh, panel as well. And I will be collaborating with uh, Andreessen Horowitz to do an NFT. Well, I mean, like I'm doing an NFT, but it, it's a commemorative NFT piece for this panel. Um, and uh, yeah, so that will be revealed <laughs> and dropped uh, at the end of my panel coming up on May 4th.
0: Is this a virtual panel? or? Yeah,
1: it's a virtual panel.
2: Yeah, so... You mentioned that you are going all these panels and stuff like that. Um, How do you choose, you know, what speaking events that you usually like to take?
1: I think um, maybe like seeing who the other speakers are, are important as well. And yeah, that's pretty much it.
2: Um, You mentioned... um, uh, NFT like the NFT launch, so you get a lot of requests for like certain NFT drops. How do you choose um, which ones that you end up doing, or like what excites you?
1: I think generally there there has to be like a purpose. So yeah, so uh, with I mean the the Andreessen and Horowitz one, it's at their um, host cross hosting this panel with the Stanford um, Center of Blockchain Research. And so that, for example, would be meaningful to me, and so I feel like it's worth doing an NFT for this specific occasion. Um, I would not be interested in anything that feels very forced, you know, like uh, when people are saying, "Oh, I have this idea," and then they're just also slapping the letters "NFT on it. you know, like that's way less interesting to me, and I wouldn't really.
0: Do you feel like the future of NFTs is just it's just going to be art, and it's not going to matter if it's an NFT or not?
1: Um, I don't think so. I mean, there's so much untapped potential in the space and uh, one that I often talk about is uh, the metaverse and and games, right? Like, because there's so much potential there and I, I think that that actually is where the true values of NFTs um, lies because especially with the last year with COVID being um, a thing and everybody being insi- stuck inside all the time, sort of a lot of the, the way for people to kind of escape or, you know, mentally, um, yeah, escape is uh, going on anything like virtual, so playing games, going on the metaverse. Um, that was the first time that I had uh, been on Decentraland as well, which honestly is really cool. But it, you can see that, uh, you know, as our sort of like hardware and software uh, keep developing, that it's only going to get better and better and then become more and more immersive. And I think... Yeah, so it could be like any kind of like rich data, rich data type NFTs. So not just art, but also like special abilities for your character or get um, yeah, like traits of a character could be an NFT. Um, I don't know, there's just, there's so much potential and that, that sort of like metaverse sense that people just aren't even talking about.
0: Is this something you're looking to get into? What kind of projects are you interested in now? And like, what would be like the goal of like making what kind of gaming pieces would you be interested in
1: um I think anything anything creative interests me so yeah I mean I would I would, I would be down for a lot of things you know like from designing game characters to uh
2: nfts in the metaverse yeah nfts yeah. in the
1: metaverse yeah mm-hmm
2: I think it was funny, like, last weekend, um, we were, like, People please," and I were at the park, and, um, there was, like, a, there was a tree blocking in the way, blocking our view, and she was, like, this wouldn't happen in the metaverse. <laughs> um, it was really. Yeah, funny. I think
1: it's, it's, um, yeah, like, there were mosquitoes, and then, but we wanted to be in the park to view, like, these pelicans or birds that were really beautiful, um, But yeah, I think the power of the metaverse is to sort of like simulate these things. And then you can also have the convenience of, yeah, like not having a lot of people or, yeah, removing obstacles. Um, So yeah, there's definitely a lot of stuff that could be done there.
0: I think people really want to get to know like the real people pleaser. Like you kind of seem like such a um, introverted person, but you're actually not. You're actually really kind of, you know, active and and really friendly, so can you maybe share a little bit about what people don't know about you?
1: Yeah, I, I would say that I, I am an extroverted person, but at least within friend circles, I am. Um, I think sort of like on a more larger public-facing scale, I'm a little bit more introverted, and this goes back to the whole um, Asian culture thing and being taught to be humble and not talk about yourself too much, sort of let your work speak for itself kind of philosophy.
2: I think one of the really cool things about People Pleaser is that she's an artist, but she's actually really entrepreneurial as well in the way she like approaches her work. Um, And at the same time, like her focus is not just on money. Um, She truly wants to like create good art for people. And I think that's something that people might not know on the surface about her, which I think. Um, Would you ever go back to doing
0: like feature film stuff?
1: I think if, if the project is a very interesting one, I wouldn't be opposed to it. Yeah.
0: Because that was like your goal when you were in school. You wanted to, you know, do feature film and now you're doing like you're you're an artist now. So how did that how did that morphation
1: feel and how was the journey like? Uh, it's it's just been an incredible journey so far. I'm having fun in everything I do and every stage of the way. But uh, yeah, I'm excited to see where it goes and I, I you know, if I we were talking about like a hypothetical future, like I'd love to Maybe like direct a short film or even a movie or something that would be really cool.
0: I can see I can see all those combinations going together. Where where is home for you? I know we both kind of have a Vancouver
1: connection, so where where is home for you? Um, good question. I I think you know I've lived in a lot of places in my life, and uh, I I would always tell people that like I'm from Taiwan because I was born here and my parents are here. Um, so those are like will always be my roots, but yeah, I I spent um, my childhood in Vancouver as well. So I mean, I love Canada, but I've also you know lived in the states and also in London. So I think every city that I've lived in, um, there's a little piece of me.
0: But how careful are you of like keeping like your per- personality or persona anonymous and and comfortable sharing? How does the
1: balance work? Yeah, I mean, I I, I think. Just for privacy reasons, I don't like to disclose too much about my personal life. And also because I feel like um, it's really my art that I want to be communicating with people. And yeah, so I mean, you know, when I created my Instagram, like my art Instagram, um, you know, there's no picture of me on there or anything because I really wanted the, the focus to just, I just wanted to see how people react to my art, not knowing the person who's behind it.
0: Maybe you could also tell us a bit about more about your influences and like the tools that you use. In
1: terms of software, um, it's, it's just it's just a tool set that you use to express yourself creatively. <laughs> you have to learn it.
2: <laughs> um, so you talked about how you don't think NFT should be about the price, and then just before you talked about how you want to communicate stuff with your art when you. Um, Create your NFTs or whatever artwork you create. What are you trying to communicate usually? Like, what what is your goal with certain art pieces?
1: Um, well, with most of, for example, like the Uniswap one or any like hype video that I am creating for DeFi protocols, the main goal is just to entertain people, really. And I always say that uh, an art piece. Failed if you didn't if you didn't make anybody feel anything when they were watching it and so yeah I mean like you know people were asking me about how I feel after the Uniswap sale and stuff and I was telling Eva as well that the moment that made me the happiest was not the auction it was the day that Uniswap posted the video and just to watch everybody watch the video and comment and just seeing everybody's reactions um, that was the part that made me the happiest just knowing that my art. Um, entertain a lot of people that day.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, that that's awesome. Um, I think that is different to a lot of the artists entering the space now that are just looking kind of for a ca- cash grab or just to, you know, write off existing fame and to get money. I think, uh, yeah, your focus on the art itself and making people feel things is really special.
0: What are your thoughts on the DeFi space currently?
1: I think it's still relatively new and there's so much potential and it is growing already super fast and um, I mean I'm super bullish on it
0: but what about like new people and new collectors coming into like NFTs um, like do you think they should be cautious of, of like the, the value of things right now or do you think there's still a lot of
2: oh yeah because like DeFi like in general we, we usually think about crypto going in cycles and some people would say that we're quite late in the cycle do you kind of see DeFi or maybe like how the DeFi market Moves and how that might affect the NFT market maybe in the medium term. Um, yeah, do you have any thoughts around that?
0: You're like the only artist we can ask about like the DeFi circle, so just, <laughs> right? Who else can we? <laughs> um,
1: yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think that um, yeah, with, with the more like rush, in, incoming of these artists who are just looking for a quick cash grab, sometimes things feel a little bit frothy. And, you know, essentially, I think there is going to become a point where supply overcomes demand, right? Like, there's not so many whale collectors out there who are just ready to give millions to every um, mainstream artist who wants to come in, you know, and make some money. Um, So, yeah, like... And in terms of where that's going, I'm not really sure. I think there will be some sort of like a correction or recalibration of of valuation there, Um, which is why I think sort of like for me as well personally, like the main goal should just to be um, focusing on your community and your fan base and creating stuff that engages them and the sort of like money or anything that else should be a side effect of that and not the main purpose.
0: How, how do you grow your community beyond all of these like, you know, um, long time DeFi people into more? How do you plan on growing it into more of like people who are into art,
1: people who are into animation? How is, what's your plan there? Um, I think my plan is just to keep doing what I'm doing and if people find my animations cool, uh, I mean, definitely sort of like my, my sale... On foundation has put me on the grid of a bunch of people who are outside of DeFi now um, and specifically in the art community as well so I think uh, yeah it's probably just a natural organic progression of I'm just going to keep trying to do things as cool as I can and if people like it they'll notice and yeah.
0: That's really sweet I like that Um, what about for like haters in the space does that like bother you or you
1: had never had Do you have haters? Yeah I know I don't think you do (laughs) Um, I mean, maybe, like, sometimes there's a few, like, negative comments here or there, but I don't know, it doesn't really, like, sometimes, you know, it's it's actually good because then it goes back to, like, my saying about recalibrating your values and, you know, not, I think a, a really dangerous thing, especially when you're, like, creating is sort of, like, getting caught in your own head and then then you lose that sort of like sense of objectivity because, and then, then would be I think it would be harder to create something that's like good and enjoyable when you are too subjective in your work, I think.
0: Who would you um, like to collaborate with in the future?
1: I think I love music and I have absolutely zero uh, concept of like how music is created. So I have so much respect for musicians and people who make music and music is such a big part of my life. Um, So I would love to collaborate with musicians, I think. What kind of music do you like? What's on your Spotify? (laughs) Um, My Spotify has a lot of like underground stuff. Um, I listen to some like house, techno, um, also a lot of indie alternative um, songs. And I think according to, you know, when Spotify does those like end of year roundups or something, my top genre as indie tronica, which I didn't even know was a thing. (laughs) So yeah.
0: Okay. Back to um, like artists and platforms. I'm just wondering for you, since there's so many new NFT marketplaces and platforms coming into the space, does it matter? Do people should be cautious of something or just pick one and like stick to it? And on that note,
2: like why did you choose foundation to launch your first NFT?
1: Um, it was honestly pretty random. (laughs) Like there's not really any specific reason why I chose. Well, also because, you know, they they do the auction model and because I, I, I wanted it to be an auction. So, um, and, and also because it was going to be a one-of-one. So, you know, there's different platforms are good, good for different things. Like, um, you know, some other ones like Maker's Place could be more for like open editions or something. Um, yeah, so that's. If
2: you were to launch your next NFT, what platform do you think you'd look into using?
1: (laughs) Um, I haven't really thought about it. So yeah, we'll see.
2: So do do you think most NFT artists don't really think about the platform, but they just focus on the art and then the platform kind of just happens? Is that?
1: I definitely think that there is a focus on platforms.
0: Definitely fees though is a big issue, right? Fees, yeah, like Ethereum fees or OpenSea. That's why they're moving to a lot of these newer platforms.
1: Yeah, p- possibly. I know that OpenSea does like a like a gas-free minting um, thing, which is pretty cool. Um, so, but yeah, I, I think specifically with the art community, there's a lot of focus um, around like Nifty Gateway. Um, you know, they sort of see that as like the premium um, platform for launching NFTs. Um, but do you think it's going to get to a a time where like,
0: you know, like the, the indie up and coming artists are going to go to another site and then that's going to be cooler for this and it's going to rotate or what are your thoughts?
1: I definitely think that's possible. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's a space that is always innovating. And so you kind of have to keep up, right? Like I think going off of just, word of mouth or just people's notions that, oh, this is a better platform. But if you're not improving like your UI, um, your like backend stuff, then eventually like things will rotate around for sure.
2: So I guess you're most known for like, for now the NFT drop, but, and your videos within the DeFi space. Um, is there a, anything else you're thinking of, you know, exploring more, um, not just apart from NFTs or videos I think you mentioned maybe metaverse stuff before, and yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'd, I'd love to explore metaverse stuff. Um, and yeah, maybe like beyond NFTs, I, I would love to explore like short films or just like animated like movies or something. So
0: having like a like a studio kind of thing, right? Or do you like working more, being fully control in control of the, the product?
1: <laughs> I think, no, I, I mean, I don't really know um, but
0: because I feel like it takes a long really many hours that yeah. people don't understand so how many hours does it take to like how how long would it take to do the, the
1: version 3 um, that one took an insane amount of hours throughout the course of like probably a month and a half.
0: Yeah, I feel like people don't
1: understand how much time and work you, you put into this. Yeah, so I mean, that's another thing is animation is so time-consuming, right? Like, I, I remember somebody said a long time ago that there was like a statistic on like a Pixar movie or something where like if one person were to make a Pixar movie, like it would take them like 400 years or something like that. Because um, animation is just so tedious and time-consuming. And so yeah, as a result, you know, I can't just be making videos for people left and right. And I think a lot of times maybe protocols when they reach out, they don't like really understand that. And a lot of them want things done like yesterday or something like, or yeah. So another thing about reaching out, like, if anybody is interested in knowing, is that you should be well-planned. So don't reach out to me saying you have a launch coming up in two weeks and that you want a video for that. Like that is just not enough time.
0: Is it a team effort? Like how many people do you work with or?
1: I mean, up until recently, it had always just been me. Um, But for the Uniswap one, knowing the time pressure and stuff, I did um, have the help of uh, two other people that I um, hired. And we're good friends of mine now too, um, to help out with like more specific tasks.
2: So I, I know that there are a lot of people that kind of request things from you or even try to shove certain protocols down your throat. How do you navigate that? Or how do you try to handle that?
0: I know. I feel like you don't have an agent. You don't have a manager. You're just like, do you respond to everyone?
1: Uh, I definitely don't respond to everyone because I, I just don't have that c- capacity to. And Yeah, it has crossed my mind that I should probably get like a manager or agent or something, especially because I think my time is... I feel
0: like after this video launches, there's going to be like inboxes. I'll be your manager, like thousands and thousands of people. (laughs) I
1: don't know. But um, yeah, definitely it's what I'm currently doing is not very scalable and... Um, I think, yeah, something needs to be changed for this. And I think my time is much better spent doing creative things as opposed to any sort of like admin tasks.
0: I just feel like we're so fortunate to be able to have this time with you. And I do really, I was telling Eva, like in six months for a year, you're just going to be like definitely uncontactable. So what does your career look like, like in a year's time for you? Like, you know, your, your envision of it.
1: I honestly I don't know yeah, but a year
0: is like forever in crypto Yeah, <laughs> years
1: forever in crypto. It could be the bear market and then I'm d- jobless, if you know. Go back to like
0: Pixar. I'm sure Pixar will
1: will, will, want, will want you. Um yeah, so it's hard to say, but I think that's why it's fun as well. I mean, if you asked me a year ago if I would see myself doing what I'm doing now.
2: I mean, maybe even 6 months ago like Yeah,
1: yeah. even 6 months ago. Um so yeah, I mean it's.
0: I th- yeah, but I still think that not a lot of people get this, you know, time time with you and to really get to know you and really see how how sweet and how like you know approachable you are, which you won't be after you know six months. I think but, you should still be. <laughs> what's the weirdest thing that you've been asked or approached about, like online? <laughs> I'm sure there's a lot. <laughs> Uh, let's get some girl talk here you know like what <laughs> a lot of people said to you I'm sure you're like you're in a lot of like you know you're 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 in a, your art is so fan- fantasy like like I'm sure they've added like you know images of what you could look like or into that like into that world
2: probably anonymized like just um I don't know i get, don't give names
1: yeah i I get really weird messages sometimes like um So one time one person was like, oh, instead of like pleasing people, you should please like the God that is like looking after you or something. I don't know. It's just like weird stuff like that or nothing against, you know, religion or anything. But it's just like kind of weird considering the context of which that message was sent. Um, And then obviously some like inappropriate things as well.
0: Do you think there's room for a lot of young people like in Taiwan or growing up from Taiwan to achieve sort of like a global status or, you know, what was that, is that something you envisioned or what was, what can you say to these sort of younger Taiwanese or artists in general?
1: There's a lot of uh, prominent Taiwanese individuals on a global stage, anyway. That is true. That is true. Um, so yeah, I don't. I think.
0: But you're very, relatively young. Like a lot of people have, you know, spent decades kind of toning their their
1: career, right? <laughs> I mean, I'd love to be Ang Lee. If that's what you're asking.
0: <laughs> true, but is there any sort of advice that you would give?
1: Um, I think passion is the most important thing. Um, I know it sounds cliche, but it really is true. And I think people can tell when you're you're passionate about what you do. Because if you have that drive, then when you reach an obstacle or difficulty, you will find a way to get around it and um, find a way to be better as well. So having... Like passion also a level of competitiveness I think is important too. Which as Asians know very well.
0: Yeah. So what part of your life is, is your art and what other things do you enjoy doing and what part like what percentage are you like working on different things or you know, playing tennis or what can how
1: can we get to know like the real you? Um honestly these days, like other than yeah, just doing like work related stuff, I, I mean my leisure time. I hang, I hang out with Eva a lot. I love hanging out with Eva. What do you, what do you guys do? What's your typical day? Because um, we, we both work so much. So usually we're hanging out at night and then it's kind of like to unwind or something. And, and we don't even do it that often. Maybe like at most like once or twice a week. We should both work less, I think.
0: Are you saying like 12, you're 12 hour days at work? And are you, I wouldn't be surprised, like, yeah. I know in the animation studios you're in darkness all day. So at home is your setup also complete? No,
1: I, I like it being light. So um, I think that's important for my mental health as well. So I, I definitely don't like working in the dark.
0: Eva, tell us some secrets. Some
2: secrets. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't think I can. I don't think I can say anything. <laughs>
0: in, insight.
2: <laughs> um, insight. Um, I think. I think I've just said it before. Like I think, uh, people pleaser is like. She's very talented, but then also, there's more to just like artistic talent. It's the way she carries herself. It's the way she thinks about the space and how she can even grow her own presence. I think in many ways, it's very entrepreneurial. And I think, yeah, I think that's something that I don't think other people can see um, as obviously
0: entrepreneur do you mean like she's had it all it's sort of like all planned out and structured like she's very kind of
2: or like she thinks about like what pretend she's not here (laughs) like she thinks about like what risks there are and like what are some upcoming catalysts for certain things and like what are some things that she can leverage um she's like yeah she's she's really sharp in that aspect all around very clever yeah, yeah. And I think you people don't see that like beyond her like behind the scenes videos. I actually no, I think they can
0: see that, like just in terms of like how technical she can get. I do know you do a lot of like behind the scenes videos that really helps out. Um what how why did you think about that or why did you come up with that?
1: Um, it actually was from when I was doing art on my Instagram. Um it's maybe like from a uh, like an imposter syndrome or something, um, where at the time sometimes I would make like a breakdown video? Well, okay. Even when I was starting out in the industry as well, sometimes, you know, just watching movies and then you watch like the visual effects breakdowns or something. I just find them super cool. And I think everybody thinks they're cool, right? And that's why they're, they're being made and people watch them. And then, so when I was making my own art, sometimes I would be like, yeah, well, I want to show people that I actually, I'm the one who made this. And so I would just do like a screen recording and then sort of like chop it up together and then post with like, you know, with the process. And then I I think people found that interesting. And so that sort of like carried over when I was doing the DeFi projects. Um, Obviously it's time consuming, so I don't do one for like every animation that I do, but for ones that I feel like there's specific parts or, you know, maybe like symbolism or Easter eggs that I hid in there as well. So beyond just like a technical standpoint, but also sort of like explaining the piece as well.
0: But I think I've been hearing a lot about, you know, building your own sort of like identity through art, and the whole like DeFi connection and being an entrepreneur. So I really feel that, you know, whether or not it's an NFT or that you become the top NFT artist, it's not really important to you.
1: Yeah, I don't think so. It's, I mean, yeah, but at least I hope not, you know, like that my current vision is just that those things will just come as a side effect of me just doing what I love and wanting to, make cool stuff that people can enjoy.
0: But it's not only about making the stuff. You're also, like, you know, motivating people and getting them involved and getting, like, a call to action on things that you also care about, right? I think it's really more deep than that, which is also what Eva's trying to say.
2: Yeah, I feel like she intertwines a lot of her life and her values into art as well. Um, And just in the way she even launches her art or, like, thinks about how she goes about it. Um, like, for example, the NFT launch for the Uniswap V3 video and how that's to charity. Um, that's I, why we feel like there's like 10 people behind you, it's
0: just not you, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: No, I think it's awesome. And I think even like the, the behind the scenes videos, like it, her doing that, it kind of just allows her to show the thought that goes behind it. And if anything, it kind of even elevates the video to people that, that couldn't see it before. And I think you've said that some people, some protocols have even specifically requested those behind the scenes videos because they're so valuable and people love them so much.
0: You've definitely got it figured out, more figured out than I do. I can't even manage like one video recording.
1: <laughs> uh, no, I mean, it's just uh, just pressing some buttons on a computer, I guess. Some,
0: some people can't even get that right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I wouldn't be able to operate this either. Don't worry. <laughs>
0: Any any last things, Eva? Like what else do you guys like think about the world? We talk a lot. I don't even know what where to begin. Like Yeah, like what are your visions
1: on like the world in general? The world? I mean, well, first, I think that we should all there's actually a water shortage. This is so random. There's a water shortage in Taiwan I was messaging this last
0: night. I, I'm a huge fan. I'm like, I'm, I'm so, I'm a supporter. Whatever it is, do you want me? How can I collect rainwater? Is that what we have to do next? Like, let, let's mobilize. It's
1: just that people maybe like weren't aware that there's actually a water shortage in Taiwan right now. So, you know, just being mindful of your shower time and not, you know, blasting your faucet if it's not necessary. Just like small things like that um, would be helpful and. I mean I, I, I care about animal world welfare. So this is not virtue signaling. It's just like <laughs>
2: Cuz she truly does like <laughs> her, her diet like you know also reflects that.
0: Are you a vegetarian?
1: I'm pescatarian. Okay. Yeah, so, I mean in, in a perfect world I would be vegan, but it's it's a, yeah, it's very difficult. I'm trying my best. Um, but I haven't yeah, I haven't I don't bought, purchase or eat like meat um or it has been that way for 8 years now.
0: What are what are your other kind of things? You prefer kind of like the beach or the forest? You kind of prefer. What's your ideal date? <laughs> ideal date.
2: So I'm sure a lot of people would love to know what your ideal date Have anyone, is. Has anyone
0: asked you out over Twitter? <laughs> um, I think so,
1: but I mean, I don't know. I, I
0: think so too. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Any tips? Any tips? Yeah, tips for, yeah, it's for
2: it's, the guys that are trying to um, you
0: know get your attention.
1: <laughs> um... I don't know. Just be nerdy and funny and cool.
0: But as a as a fan, what what's like the like what can they do? Is it follow your like initiatives like like um, with animals? Does that impress you or like what's? I know it's not like you know bidding the highest amount, but actually you know doing the work and putting in effort. So what kind of surprises you?
1: I like guys who are um, smart and passionate about what they're doing. So if you're building something cool and innovative. That's a huge plus. Um, yeah, and then just just being a nice person in general, I think.
0: I love that. That's like my rule to live by: just be nice. Like, if you're just nice in life, like nothing can really, nothing bad can really happen to you.
1: Yeah, or even if it does, you don't you don't need to feel bad about it because you know that you tried your best, you know.
0: And also, that like resonates. So other nice people will just be like, will help, right, Eva?
2: Yeah, yeah. I think. Um I don't know it's super cliche but what comes around goes around I guess like the more good you put into a world the more good there also is to come back to you
0: what are what are your what are your future plans siva tell us a bit about you know my future plans yeah like are you going to start your own project I don't know I think
2: I'm just really focused on you know getting a good grip on the DeFi space at the moment and contributing where I can um, uh, I guess outside of mechanism I also work on a nonprofit called G256 where we invest in female founders. Um, we try to get more females into the crypto space as well. I didn't even
0: know that. Can you tell us more about it? I had no idea. Why didn't we talk about this like an hour ago? <laughs>
2: um, uh, it's just, um, just increasing access. Like I think uh, the type of world crypto is building is for the whole world and you kind of want the builders in the space to be representative of that. Um, and it's hard when every everyone that's building it is male. <laughs> um, sometimes they don't have the empathy for other people. So I guess that's where it comes from.
0: But I feel like all of these things are so hard to get into for people that are new and they need people like us who are nice and, you know, wanting to offer information but don't have, you know, a million hours in the day. Where do you direct people to, like b- both of you?
2: Mm, I direct people to uh, one of my coworkers' books and a mutual friend that we have, like a uh, Darren and Daryl, they wrote a book called How to DeFi. I definitely like use um, that as a good resource to begin with.
1: I agree with this sentiment.
2: I think we were both really lucky. Uh, we both had people that brought us into the space. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. for, for me, it was um, Andrew, who's like the director of Mechanism. He really helped me get into the space. And then for People Pleaser.
1: Yeah, um, it was my friend Ray, um, who's the one who like messaged Blue Kirby. <laughs> Um, but yeah, like, and, and I think that everybody is just so um, nice about sharing information, um, being educative about the space, um, at least in mine and Eva's experiences. So
0: I do a lot of um, other interviews on like startup founders, but I, I feel like maybe one day in the future, DeFi won't be like its own separate thing. It'll just sort of, it won't be this new kind of foreign entity. It'll just be like, oh, we're doing a startup, just has to be in DeFi you see that happening like nfts won't be like such a strange like new thing it'll just be like oh yeah it's an nft yeah, yeah i think so
2: yeah i think it's either like DeFi and crypto goes to zero or like um or it, it takes over it, the yeah world. it takes
0: over so i think that is true but, but let's give our predictions now like goes to zero a world takeover it does it have to be like go both? big or go home does it does have to be those extremes eva can't there be like you know
2: I guess so, but I think um, only the ext- we really only care about
0: the extreme anyway. That's what success is. Any other thoughts? Let's close out soon, but yeah, let's just like, if you guys have any other thoughts you want to share um, with your fans or with women getting into the space, artists getting in space, maybe some last remarks.
1: I don't know. I mean, just just be yourself, really. Yeah,
0: I think
2: um, everyone is really open in this space, and I think yeah. it's reflective of how early everything is. And I think if you jump in now... If you just try to add value in any way you can, whether it's like, you know, uh, synthesizing information from an article and then writing it into a tweet thread or just asking questions, I think people, the right people will end up finding you sooner
0: or later. I agree there, but I also think that there needs to be some like caution because, you know, so many people use aliases or fake personas or things like that. So I think still there needs to be like some sense of caution. What do you think?
2: Yeah, I mean, if you're just entering the space, I think sometimes an alias can be good, so you just don't feel, um, you know, as as daunting asking certain questions, expressing certain opinions. Um, but in doing so, yeah, that also introduces another risk. Like you don't know who actually is behind certain accounts, um, and also even certain projects that could also be rug pulled. With
0: you know, but I, I feel like the DeFi space has I've I've loved so much so many things about it. I love like the whole, you know, group voting community and memes everywhere and like, you know, pink, fluffy things. I just love it. So I hope we do see more of that. So any other last words?
2: Yeah, I mean, even like, um, so People Pleaser is like in, doing a lot of panels with like really big people in the crypto space. Like main stage on Ethereum <laughs> yeah. Summit. And then her um, her description is literally a high quality meme generator. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that's... That's like a a fun part of this timeline that we live in, I think. So
0: when you're going to be on this panel with like Joe Lubin or... Um, the, like, there's the, like
1: Snowden, yeah. like all these... Just, what do you basically think, the biggest people in crypto yeah, right what are now. You gonna, what are you going to say? What's your kind of view going to be? I think similar to things that I probably talked about in this episode, just uh, maintaining my core values, uh, talking about the power of DAOs and like decentralization. You're still going to be grounded and really down to earth.
0: (laughs) Uh, I think it comes naturally to her. Wow. That's amazing. Really amazing. And really happy that we got this time to sit down with you before you explode. (laughs) Or fold. (laughs) (laughs) There can only be two extremes, right?
1: (laughs) But yeah, no, thank you for having me.
0: (laughs) Cool. Thank you, Eva.
2: Okay. Thank you.